Hello, everybody. This is Joseph Brownlee. It's time for Sunday Bible study. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Connecting the Dots. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host for Connecting the Dots. Gana todo las puntos, gana todo las puntos. Espanol to all my Spanish listeners out there. Welcome to the show. Hey, all right. Without any further ado, I'm going to get right into this. I have been doing, at least for the ones that's been tuning in, and if you are new listeners, I have been doing a little short verse-by-verse comparison with the Apostle Paul uh, compared to the Apostle James. And last week, I just started uh, the Apostle Paul compared to the Apostle Peter. And these are little short verse-by-verse reason I am doing this for you listeners that listen to my show. And if you are new to this, please, I just recommend that you go back uh Check out my whole uh, podcast. There's some good Bible uh, stuff on there, some Bible study, rightly divided, that you can really learn a lot from. Not only from me, but for other guest speakers that I, audio speakers that I have on there. But uh, let me digress. The reason that I'm doing this is because I want people to see and to understand the Bible, particularly when it comes to certain individuals and certain teachings when it comes to the gospel of salvation, because that's the number one thing. That's the number one important topic in any subject when it comes to the Bible study or reading is how to be saved. And then the next thing is to come into the knowledge of the truth according to 2 Timothy 2 and 4, I believe. Salvation is the number one thing for God, for every people on this earth, for all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. See, that goes simultaneously. First to be saved, be saved, excuse me, and then come into the knowledge of the truth. So that's what I try to get out here. And sometimes you have to learn how to connect the dots to get the real truth when it comes to sound doctrine. The Apostle Paul, a very controversial figure, and there's several controversial figures, including Moses, etc. And of course, Jesus is number one. But the Apostle Paul, I believe, after Jesus stands out as one of the most controversial uh, figures in the Bible. The reason I say that because even in his time and even today, he always got questioned about the doctrine that he was preaching. He all he was he has been accused of not not he should not be in the Bible. From what I heard, I haven't heard that personally. He had been accused of preaching and teaching errors, et cetera, and different things like that, or even as much as false doctrine to some people, even some believers, That's if they're really believers. So my thing here is connecting the dots, is to try to teach the Bible the best way I can, because I am still learning myself as I learn, I teach. That's my famous line, as I learn, I teach, as I teach, I learn. How to rightly teach the Bible rightly divided. That's why I call this connecting the dots. So what I'm going to do is a verse by verse comparison, like I've done the book of James and against, not against, but compared to the Apostle Paul. I'm going with Peter now. Now, to get the beginning of this teaching, you have to go back to my last podcast, Peter versus Paul or Peter compared to Paul. Go there. I recommend you and check those out like I always recommend my listeners to do so you can get in context. You can get and you can have a format of what's really going on, you know, when I'm doing this teaching. So I recommend that. But right now I'm going to 
get right into this. This is for the ones that has been listening and keeping up with my podcast and connecting the dots or been keeping up on this teaching. What I do is not an in-depth teaching on everything that Paul or Peter said, but what I want you to do, I want you to get some type of foundation as in understanding there is a difference between the teachings of Peter, James, John, and Paul. Let me give an example. Peter, James, and John, and all the books John wrote, Peter wrote two, I think John wrote about five, you know, and then you have James. They teach the same doctrine, the kingdom of heaven doctrine. Also, they was all under the law. Peter, James, and John were under the law. So they was in a prophecy mist. They was in a kingdom program. So their doctrine, which was sound doctrine to them, was believing who Jesus was, believing Jesus was their Messiah. So they had to go, they had they had to follow the law, etc. And they had to do certain things. There were signs and wonders prevalent in the times of Peter, James, and John, especially under the under the uh the tutelage of Jesus. So they, they lived through that. They walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They seen the signs and wonders he done. They seen the suffering he went through. So credit goes 100% big time to Peter, James, and John. Now, there's you can get a lot out of Peter, James, and John. There's still principles you can get out of the teachings of Peter, James, and John, especially the five books that John wrote, which is uh, St. John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, uh, and the book of the Revelation of John. So it's probably about four together. What, about four? Not about five. And then Peter has two, first and second Peter, and then James just has one. But as you will see, and I'm just trying to show, I'm going to do uh, Peter, then I'm going to go to James. But what I'm doing, I'm comparing a lot of their doctrine to the Apostle Paul, the Apostle to the Gentiles. Also, I want you to remember that Peter, James, and John are the Apostles to Israel, Apostle to the Jews, Apostle to the Israel. Paul is the Apostle to the Gentiles. One more time, Peter, James, and John are part of the Twelve, you know, and they stand out over the other nine Apostles. They, their ministry was totally starting off under the teachings of Jesus Christ and his earthly ministry to Israel. Okay. So I, the reason I'm saying that I want, many people might not even know this. They they just figure Paul should have been one of the, should have been one of the 12 when Judas, uh, committed suicide and he rebelled that Paul should have been replaced but no way that could have happened they it was rightly because uh, they chose Matthias in the book of Acts because evidently you don't hear too much about Matthias but evidently Matthias had to be around when Jesus died he probably was around when Jesus walked and taught and when he died and was resurrected so that was the only uh let me put it this way the only way to be accepted in the 12 as one of Jesus' disciples, you had to be walking with him and seeing his death, burial, resurrection. That's part of the requirements according to the book of Acts. That's why I put out the last week that anybody cannot be an apostle. You just can't self-claim yourself an apostle. You haven't walked with Jesus. You haven't seen Jesus do those things. And you most definitely weren't there when he died and he was barely rose again. Apostles was used that way back in the past. They're not needed today. They was used that way for a reason back in the past. And they was all Jews. Every apostle, listen closely, was a Jew. 
all Jews, all from Israel, not a Gentile. There's never been a Gentile apostle and there never will. I don't care how you self-claim and call yourself that. All the apostles were, all 12, including uh, Judas, of course, were Jews. Okay. So therefore, their teaching was under the teachings of their Messiah, their king, their prophesied Messiah from the book of Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and all those other prophets, major and minor prophets, prophesied about their coming Messiah, their coming king. So they mostly taught the same thing. They was all under the law. That's why I told you in my last uh, uh, deep teaching, the four books of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are all Old Testament law Gospels, teachings. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not the beginning of the New Testament, no. That's still Old Testament. The New Testament didn't come into fruition until Jesus Christ, which is the testator, died, according to the book of Hebrews. So that's kicked in and was the beginning of the New Testament, but but the New Testament has not come to full fruition until, listen closely, until the church is gone. And then it's going to be a new beginning for them. They're going to be witnessing and doing different things with 144,000 and two witnesses. And then when the kingdom gets set up, Jesus is going to put his new law in their hearts, which is the New Testament. It's not going to be the old law. It's going to be the new commandments and the new law going to be wrote in their hearts, not on paper. And this is all Bible. So it's going to be in their hearts. So they're going to automatically know to obey him. They're going to automatically um, obey him and follow the plans of what's the kingdom. They still will have a free will choice. It's just that God is. But they're going to have it in their hearts. So they're going to automatically follow his laws. Okay. Because it's going to be built into their hearts. That's going to be the new covenant and the new testament when the millennial kingdom gets set up. And there will be other nations in there. But it will be in Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem, the new kingdom will be set up will be under the lineage of the king, Jesus himself, the Messiah. Okay, now with all that said, I have to do a little breakthrough so you can have some type of foundation while I'm doing this. The Apostle Paul, on on the other hand, was not prophesied. The Apostle Paul that used to be Saul became an apostle of the Gentiles starting in Acts 9. Now, anything that's before Acts 9, listen closely, was the law. They was under the kingdom program. And their message for salvation was the kingdom of a heaven message, believing who Jesus was. They had to believe who Jesus was, their Messiah, their prophesied king. They had to believe who he was. So they had other things they had to do, too, that went along with that. They had to be baptized in water for cleansing Israel. It used to be called cleansing in the Old Testament, but it was, the Greek was changed going into, you know, far as the, uh, the, the later uh, books of the Bible when it came to the gospel and, and, and early Acts. It was like in Greek changed to baptizing, which means baptizing. It was only used a little about one time or more in the teachings of John the Baptist, the baptizer, which is John the baptizer. That's when the name became uh, more prevalent and famous was the baptizer, you know, but it was more like a cleansing before then. But anyway, I'm not going to get into all that because I take up too much time.
But my point is, the 12, which includes Peter, the pillows that uh, Galatians talk about, Peter, James and John, or James, Peter and John, in somewhat in that order, were under the law. Okay. They were still following the program of the law. For salvation, they had to believe who Jesus was. They had to be water baptized. They had to repent, change their mind. They had to repent, be water baptized, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They was part of the Great Commission. They was called to go out into the world once Israel got cleansed and repentant of their ways, of repentant and changed their mind and everything like that. They had, they were, they was going to be the ones that go out into the Gentiles and preach the gospel. What gospel? The gospel of the kingdom of heaven, believing who Jesus was. That was the, that was the plan. That was the first plan. Okay. So they was looking forward to that. The not only that, they was, they knew when they do all that in order for them order for the kingdom to get set up because their king was already here. There. That king was already there, which is Jesus. I'm trying to make this plain. I'm not trying to get deep, you know. I'm trying to make this plain as layman as I can and a very plain vernacular. Uh, so the king arrived, but the kingdom wasn't set up yet because there were certain requirements they had to fulfill. They had to be cleansed. They had to repent of their you know, change their mind. They had to do certain things. So they, they were still under the law. They were supposed to be the ones that bring the message, the gospel, the kingdom message to the other nations, which is the Gentile. So they all was at one accord. They had to be at one accord. In other words, they had to teach the same thing that was going down the line. I think the second, uh, the Acts 2 or Acts 3, it was called the Apostles Doctrine or something like that, or the Apostles Creed. Is what they taught. So all of them was at one accord. They had to be at one accord. They had to teach the same thing. Now, what I mean by that, that don't mean they have to get up out of bed and talk, talk the same way and walk the same way. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when it came to doctrine. They had to be in line with the kingdom message, who Jesus was. See, that was a kingdom message. What also came with that uh, was signs and wonders. The same as Jesus' earthly ministry also came with that ministry of the kingdom message. That was one of the uh, prerequisites or one of the requirements for them to have power. That's why they, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon them to give them that power so they can go out to the other nations. That's why they had to speak in different languages because a lot of their people, the Jews, are spread out in different nations. I talked about that the last time when we went to Acts 2. I can't go through, I, 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 I won't go through that again. But you have to go back and check out the last podcast. But those things was given to them for those reasons. It wasn't just because anybody can get it like they think today. It was only for Israel because there was the beginning of the movement of getting the gospel out then, which was the kingdom gospel. So they had to be at one accord. They had to teach the same thing. They had, had to have things in line. That's why they gave up a lot of their clothing. They gave up a lot of their jobs and stuff like that because they was getting ready to enter the kingdom. You didn't need all that stuff in the kingdom. Then that's why they done all that stuff. They burnt parchments and books. They gave up a lot of their stuff. They gave up their lifestyle. That was a requirement to follow Jesus because Jesus wasn't telling them to give that stuff up just to be mean 
or selfish. He was telling them to give it, give it up because they're going to be even double blessed and they're going to not, not going to need it in the millennium kingdom, the thousand year millennium kingdom. They will not need none of this stuff. You know, so they gave up a lot. They shared everything. They sold all they had. They shared it among each, each other. Because they was finna enter the kingdom. Anyway, well, that was the plan. But they never made it out of Jerusalem. That's another story in itself. They never made it out of Jerusalem. So what I'm doing here, when I read Peter, some, some of the uh, words, wording, or the utterance of Peter, I like to compare. I do it different than other people. They might just verses and compare them against, with each other. That's good, too. But I like to read passages in context so you can see the different lingo or what's going on. The reason I'm telling you all this so you won't get confused when I tell you why there's a difference. Now, let's get back to Paul. Paul was the apostle of the Gentiles. Paul's calling and what Paul know today and the teachings of Paul, Romans through Philemon, all 13 of the uh, letters of the epistle, Paul was all a mystery, was things that was never taught to no one else but Paul. You follow what I'm saying? That was never taught to anyone else but the Apostle Paul. It was called, in the King James Version, it was called mystery, which means secret. Okay, it was called a mystery. So a lot of the, most of Paul's teaching, teaching only when he went back and he quoted old scriptures in the Old Testament verses or some of the law for a certain reason around Israel, whatever, to make a point and different and letting you know certain things are still, you know, prevalent for that time. His teachings was very unique and different. That's why they did not accept it. And that's why some people do not accept his teachings today, because it's not the same as the four Gospels. And even it's not even the same as Jesus' earthly ministry, but it's still Jesus. But the law has been put to the side. So Paul's lingo Language is different, and his doctrine, which is called sound doctrine, is different from the sound doctrine of Peter, Paul, and James, and the other nine. You, you follow what I'm saying? I hope you really follow what I'm saying. I'm trying to make this as plain as I can. I'm, I'm doing this different than a lot of other uh, people that teaches dispensation, they write letter dividing, because I'm trying to make it simple, and I'm trying to make it, make it plain, okay, to, to you all that's listening. Just remember this. Under the kingdom program, under the four Gospels and early Acts until you get to Acts 9 was Old Testament. They were still following the law. Jesus came. That's why he said, I came to fulfill the law. Why would he say that? Because the law was still going on. Okay. Jesus was born into the law. According to the book of Galatians, I'm paraphrasing a lot. So the law was still going on. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is still Old Testament. It's not the New Testament. Man made it like that when they made the books, but it's still Old Testament. That's the first thing, one of the first things you need to understand. Signs, wonders, and miracles was part of the kingdom program. The kingdom program really manifested itself 
when Jesus came on the scene. Now, you heard it prophesied back then what's, how the kingdom is going to be. And it's a lot of talking about Isaiah, Zechariah, and Ezekiel. Yeah, they talked about the kingdom itself. They talked about the end times. They talked about the tribulation. So they, they set a stage. You know, Isaiah talked about what Jesus will be doing, what would be one of the signs Jesus, you will know he's your Messiah and your king. He, he put it out there. It would be signs. It would be, you know, the blind will see, the lame will walk. Isaiah prophesied that years and years and years before Jesus came on the scene. So therefore, they should have known that Jesus was their king because he was doing those certain things. Another hint was when John the Baptist told his uh, one of his disciples to ask Jesus, was he the one or should we look for someone else? Y'all remember that? And what was Jesus come back? Go back and tell him the lame walk, the blind see, et cetera, et cetera. Why did he say that? Because that's a prophecy, that's a, a fulfillment of the prophecy in the book of Isaiah. John would have knew that. So John would say, no, John would say, okay, he must be the one. Because according to the scriptures, they said Jesus would be doing this thing. That's why Jesus told him, not because he was bragging or being cold and mean. He was letting John know the things you see me doing, these miraculous things, that's one of the signs the book, I, the book of Isaiah prophesied that I would be doing. Now, he didn't say it like that. I'm just making it plain for you guys, okay? You know, so that's a, a picture of the kingdom program under the Old Testament they had to be baptized in water you know they had to be circumcised still had to be circumcised why because they were still under the law they were still under the laws of tithing and stuff like that you know I'm not going to get into that but they was under the law all that was under the law baptized in water tithing and all that stuff was under the law that's part of the kingdom program Okay, the gospel message then was the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. They had to go out and preach about the kingdom. They had to go out and preach about their king is here. They had to now who they had to believe in is Jesus Christ. They had to believe that Jesus was their prophesied king. Jesus was their foretold Messiah. You 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 getting it now? See, this is the kingdom program. See, I'm trying to get that confusion, the traditional type of thinking that we all got caught up in, looking at everything as one. So always remember their message was different. Okay. If you don't remember, you have to go back and hear it again. Okay. Now the Apostle Paul's message in Acts 9. I might have to do it, postpone this and do it a little longer because this is important. The Apostle Paul's message was different. When Jesus encountered Paul, Jesus was already resurrected. He spoke to Paul from the heavenly places. This is the beginning of Jesus' heavenly ministry. Remember, his earthly ministry was when he stepped foot on earth. His heavenly ministry is when he's in the heavenly places and he's revealing certain things to one man, the Apostle Paul. He didn't reveal this to no other person, Peter or nobody else. Why would he come specifically to the Apostle Paul with the same message. Well, he already got his other ones and Peter, James, and John and the other nine out there already preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Why would he go to the Apostle Paul with the same message? You ever thought about that? It does not make no sense at all. Why? Because he did not. He went to the Apostle Paul with another, mes another message because the Jews blew it. Read Romans 11. The Jews blew it so it has been postponed. If they would have obeyed 
if they if they went out and unbelievable, if they would have believed, Jesus still would have got sacrificed. That's part of the prophesy according to the book of Psalms. But if they would have believed, then the tribulation would have came through. They would have had to go through the last cycle of the tribulation period. The Antichrist, everybody got speculations who the Antichrist would have been. No, I'm not getting into that. But the Antichrist would have showed up. They would have had to go to uh, the same thing. It would have went all the way through the tribulation period. They knew that. The kingdom of heaven would have been set up then. So they was looking for the kingdom of heaven. That's why they they asked him in Acts 1. Are you now going to set up the kingdom? Because that's what they was looking for. I know I'm I'm going all around about, but I hope you're getting where I'm going. Okay, so they knew they had to get through out of Jerusalem. They never made it out of Jerusalem. I call it the third strike thing. Their last strike, they killed John first. Then they they killed their Messiah. That's two. The last strike, when they blasphemed, they didn't believe the Holy Spirit, and they killed Stephen in Acts 7. That was the last strike, okay? Then a lot of them Jews scattered, except apostles, according to the book of Acts. The apostles stayed, but everyone, all the, a lot of the other Jews of Israel scattered. So that was like a final strike. Then you go to Acts and talk about, it, it was a little change going on then, you know. Then Apostle Paul got converted, but, you know, his teaching, he started out teaching. This is another thing you must understand. Paul started out teaching in the synagogues first. Why? Because, first of all, they still had to believe that Jesus was their king. So he did teach you some of the kingdom message to Jews. Paul. Now, you probably heard this. Paul went to the Jews to still to try to convince them first that Jesus was their Messiah. He didn't come with a new message that he went out to the Gentiles. He preached to them that because Jews was looking for their Messiah. And they still had to believe who Jesus was. So Paul started out with his people first, the Jews, okay? And then when they did not listen to him, he said, for now, I'm going out to the Gentiles, which Jesus called him to do anyway. Then he came out, went out to the Gentiles with a different message of what Jesus done for the world. You follow what I'm saying? A whole new different teaching, a whole new different utterance, a whole new different program. But it happened slowly but surely. He didn't have a revelation all at one time. His revelation, Jesus revealed things to Paul from close to, what, 25 years he was revealing things to Paul. And so Paul was growing. He was like, his first letters was like First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Corinthians, letters like that. Those are his, uh, before he went to prison. So he was still growing. He just knew things in part. He just knew things in part. But his more... Uh, older letters or his more advanced teachings, I will call them, is Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, First and Second Timothy, Philemon, etc., etc., like that, you know, but Galatians, First and Second Corinthians, not in that order, First and Second Thessalonians, they was his earlier letters. Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, First and Second Timothy, Philemon was his advanced letters. He was older. He knew more. Okay, so I wanted to get that out there. But his message was a lot of things that was revealed to Paul was a mystery, was hidden. And God, see, God knew the Jews was going to stop. He knew they were not going to go all the way through. 
See, God knows more than us. Did y'all know that? <laughs> God knew that. They didn't know that. They didn't know the program was going to be postponed, a kingdom program, but God knew. That's why he already had that. I call it a card, trump card. He already knew that. He went to the Apostle Paul, to Jesus Christ. And slowly but surely, Jesus started giving Apostle Paul new things that no other person in the Bible knew about. It's called the mystery. A lot of people miss this when they read the Bible because a lot of people don't read the King James. They read other translations and it might say secret, but they look over that like I did. They just look and read over. I read over this so many times before I learned how to rightly divide dispensationally. I read over so many times, but it's very important. I'm letting you know this now for older believers and new believers. Mystery is very important that you can understand that Paul's revelation and his message was a mystery. Never told to nobody else. Peter, James and John and the other nine was already foretold. They taught the same thing. It was prophesied since the world began. According to, <clears throat> according to, I think that's Romans 16 and 25, Paul's message was hidden since the world began or before the world began. His message, what he teach was hidden in God before the world began. Peter's message was foretold. So they they knew what was going to happen. What Paul was teaching, no man never heard of in their life. That's why it was hard for them to accept it, especially when he wasn't even teaching the law. He was knocking the law. He was telling the law one for today. He wasn't calling it bad. He was just letting them know that we're not under the law no more. But his majority, his, his message, when he said that was to Israel, when he went to the Gentiles, he didn't have to explain that to the Gentiles. He just told them the message for them, the new message to them for salvation is to be saved by grace and believe what Jesus did. So, with all that said, that's why I went to Acts 10 on my last uh, my last teaching, Peter and Paul. Acts 10 to show you the beginning. Peter was the first time heard about that God was going to go to the Gentiles now. Not with the kingdom message that the program has been postponed. He called on later, I think about in Acts 17. But he was the first one. Not to go out there preaching to the Gentiles. He didn't do that. Paul only done that. But he was the first one that was it was revealed as him being the second one. Because you got you got to look at it this way. Paul got converted in Acts nine. Okay, Acts ten came up. Then it went to Peter, and Peter uh, God gave Peter a hint when he pulled down those sheets from heaven. When Peter went into a trance, he put Peter into a trance. And Peter seen those four sheets and he said, I would never eat anything unclean, which he was right. There was a Jewish law. They could, it, it, it was certain animals they could and could not eat. OK, that make, that's, that's a long story right there. That's why uh, Peter refused it. God had to do it three times before he said, whatever I made, don't call unclean. He was giving Peter a hint that, you know, the message his message, not his message, but the message uh, uh, God is going to go. Let me, lower, let me slow down that God is finna now go out to the Gentiles. He didn't, he didn't tell Peter with another gospel. He didn't tell Peter with another message. He just said, he's finna, God is finna now opening doors for the Gentiles. You know, Cornelius, the Italian, being also a hint when he, the Holy Spirit came down on him. See, and that never happened to a Gentile before. So those was little hints to Peter 
that God was going to go down, go out to the Gentiles with a salvation message. He didn't say what message, but Paul is the only one that was that God revealed what to teach, what to say to the Gentiles. He had to go to his own and convince them that Jesus was was their Messiah, was their king first. But when he went out to the Gentiles, he didn't teach that to the Gentiles. He teached the gospel of the grace of God because the kingdom message was left with the Jews. Okay, without this, I hope you got something out of that. All right. So that's why when you go to the book of Galatians, which I'm going to go there now, uh, when you go to the book of Galatians, <clears throat> you will understand that. Then I'm going to read First Peter, like I've done James, and I'm going to let you just listen. You know, I have a few more minutes, and I'm going to read the book of Galatians. Let's go there. All right. All right. So I hope you remember what I said. Peter then was under the law. Paul was not under the law. The Jews were still under the law. The Gentiles was never under the law. They was ne never under the covenant. I read the scriptures and the features about that on my last podcast. I'm not going to do that now. You have to go back. Okay, let's go to Galatians. Oh, with my eyes. Okay, I have so many things going. Then I'm, I'm going to read Peter. All right. Let's start. Now, just listen to Paul. And uh, I'm going to just read it. All right. Let's go to one. Paul was breaking down what all he went through uh, in one. You know, he says, then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me, etc. Let's go to uh, three. I know I'm skipping certain verses and everything, but I'm trying to get through this. In order for you to be in the camp or proselyte, if you're not proselyted, you have to be circumcised. Said so Joe, why are you saying that? Because I'm starting off in an odd verse, which is talking about Titus. So you can have an idea why I'm reading this and why uh, the author is saying this about Titus. Remember, Titus is a Gentile. Remember, Titus is a Gentile. He's not a Jew. And any other body that's not a Gentile is going into the camp of proselyte, it has to be circumcised, which is one of the requirements. Okay. Know that. Okay. Put a note on that. Reading Galatians 2 and 3, but neither Titus, who was with me being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Remember, Greek, he's a Gentile. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privately to spy out our liberty, liberty meaning our freedom, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. What kept, what bondage you think they're talking about? The law. There was one, they were sneaking around, spying out what Paul was teaching which they did not like because they was embedded in the law. The law brings a bondage, especially because you can never obey it. So it brings a bondage. So remember that. That's what Paul talked about, bringing them in bondage. Okay. Five. To whom we have, to whom we gave place by subjection. No, not for an hour that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Or, But we refuse to give in to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. Now, I'm reading out of the Living Bible. I'm going to be going back and forth, you know, till I get through this with the King, Jamie, and the Living Bible. Six, but of those who seem to be somewhat whatsoever they were, it makes no difference, makes no matter to me. God accepted no man's person, for they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. Let's read this out of the Living Bible. 
But we refuse to give in to them. Okay, that's fine. I'm sorry, my mistake. Let's go to six. And the leaders of the church had nothing to add when I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no fears. Now, who do you think he was talking about? The pillars and the leaders. Peter, James, and John, I believe. They was the Peters. They was the leaders of the little flock. But he was letting them know whatever they whatever they do has no meaning of what I'm doing. Don't, it does not mean nothing to me. God has no favoritism. Okay, that's what he is saying. What they do has nothing to do with what God called me to do. All right? All right. Chapter 7, verse 7, I'm sorry. But contrary-wise, when they saw that, that, listen to this closely, when they saw, who is they? The Jews. When contrary was when they saw that the gospel of this uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. Now, are they the same? The gospel of the uncircumcision. Remember, when you read the Bible, who's the uncircumcision? The nations, the Gentiles. Now, who is the circumcision? The Jews, Israel. All remember that. So when he said, but contrary was when they saw that the gospel Gospel meaning good news of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. They cannot be the same gospel or he wouldn't have said it like that. There have to be two different gospels, right? One was committed to the Gentiles gospel and the other was committed to Peter. Two different gospels. Okay, let me read in the Living Bible. Instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility, more clear, of preaching the gospel of to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. Two different nations, the nation of Israel, the Jews, and the nations, every other nation that's out there. Two different gospels. I feel like my sign is trying to kick back up. Let's go to eight. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. In other words, for the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles. You see, is it opening up now? Two different gospels, two different gospels. Verse 9, and when James, Cephas, or Caiaphas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, so do you remember we talked about pillars, they're the leaders, perceived the grace that was given that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas, who was one of Paul's followers, the right hands of fellowship, that we should go into the heathen and then to the circumcision. Remember, heathen is Gentiles. Let me go over with the Living Bible. In fact, James. Peter and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted it. Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They accepted Barnabas, Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Two different nations, two different people, Jews and Gentiles, different nations, okay? Remember, there's several nations when it comes to the Gentiles, but it's only one nation, singular, when it comes to the Jews. Continue. Ten, only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which it was also for, I was forward to do. Now, I'm going to go, I'm going to hit this, and then I'm going to try to go, go to First Peter. I'm going to check this out. This is Paul rebuking Peter. Now, I want you to just check out why is Paul rebuking Peter. Let's, let's go in this. Go into this. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I will stood him to the face because he was to be to blame. 
12. But before that certainly came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. All right, let's read it in the Living Bible. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentiles. Remember, Peter was eating with the Gentiles, probably laughing with them and everything, you know. Eating with the Gentiles, Christians, who were not circumcised. Remember, Gentiles is not required to be circumcised because it's a different gospel, different program. They're not under the law. They're not under the covenant. But afterward, when some friends of James came, friends of James, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. Paul had to rebuke Peter because Peter became a hypocrite. When he seen he was eating with the Gentiles freely, probably talking with them, laughing and everything. But when he seen friends of James coming who are under the law, that circumcision is required, he tried to, he became a hypocrite and tried to get away from them Gentiles, like a lot of people do today. <laughs> and he tried to, he became a hypocrite. He, he became a hypocrite. So he, uh, whatever he was teaching the Gentiles, whatever he was doing with the Gentiles, he got scared. He, he, he got scared when he seen the Jews coming because the Jews are strictly law. The Jews are strictly under the circumcision. And they know, at least in his mind, that the Gentiles, what are you doing over there talking with Gentiles, which is forbidden. See, this is the young letters of Paul. They did not know. What are you doing either with Gentiles or kicking it with Gentiles? Let me put it in today's vernacular. When you know, that's a no-no. They're unclean. They are heathens. He said, how did Peter know? Peter knew, remember the four sheets? God showed Peter what was finna happen. God showed Peter that the Gentiles was finna get blessed. The Gentiles was finna hear the gospel. He did not say what gospel, but he told Peter and them, get the Gentiles finna get you know, blessed as well. So, and probably more too, but Peter already knew. See, Peter already knew, but he's, he's a Jew. He's under the law. See, there's certain things to the law and a Jew, uh, another nation, which is a Gentile, Gentile, they are known as being unclean. They are called pagans. They are called heathens. So Peter knew that, or he wouldn't have been eating with the Gentiles. He knew the law was no more, especially when it comes to the Gentiles. That tells you, so the Jews are still restricted to their teachings to the Jews, which is not a bad thing. So when he seen the friends of James come, he said, oh, my God. He felt embarrassed. He felt guilty. He didn't feel right because he felt, man, I, I, what they going to say? In other words, you know, you don't want nobody to see what you're doing. That's how he was. Now, I don't want them seeing it over. They're going to think I'm a hypocrite. Blah, 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 blah. You know, he's seen them coming and everything. So let me keep reading. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with that dissimulation. Let me read the Living Bible. As a result, other Jewish Christians followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When you have a pillar, Peter Nim is known as the leader. So, what a lot of people do. When their leader, let me, let me put it this way. When you're following a leader and they teach you and they tell you to follow a certain way. So when you see them back off something, 
whether in word or deed, you usually follow your leader, right? So in other words, also when you're teaching someone the gospel, you have many listeners. They follow you. They trust you. They take your word. So this is an example of the leaders, the young Christians, the young believers, whatever Peter done, some of them follow what Peter done, and they left the Gentiles, and it even influenced Barnabas, who was with Paul. He became a hypocrite as well because of the fear of that tradition, fear of that religion from the Jews, even though God, it was not, the program was out of whack now. There was no more law. So let me prove this to you. Let me keep reading. My time is running out. Okay. All right. 14, but when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, not the kingdom gospel, the gospel of the grace of God, the gospel of the grace of God, not the kingdom. That's the gospel. Remember, when Paul talked about the gospel, he's talking about the gospel of the grace of God by faith. Okay, not the kingdom gospel. Remember that. And I said it to Peter before them all. If thou being a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? Let me read out the Living Bible. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, the gospel of the grace of God, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? <laughs> now, the Living Bible said living like a Gentile. The King James said that. The King James just said you're living after the manner of the Gentiles. So basically, I guess this is a plain way to say that he was living like a Gentile. So he, I guess he was eating a certain way like them, joking with them or whatever. He wasn't under that traditional stature or that bondage. He probably felt more freer being around the Gentiles because he wasn't under the bondage of the law. Therefore, Peter knew better. In other words, he should have stayed put and stood on his ground because he knew the law was being abolished now. He knew that, that the law was not the forerunner for the nations now. It was that Paul was a new man. Paul was the new man in town. Peter knew that. He knew that. Okay. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners to the Gentiles. Living Bible, you and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like Gentiles. They used to be hypocrites and pagans. Knowing that a man is not justified, this is 16, by the works of the law. In other words, Peter knew this. I keep saying that. He knew it, that the law was no more. It's only one way to be justified now, not by the law. Let me continue reading. 16, Paul talking. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. This is very important. Other translations say in, but the correctness of Jesus Christ, because it's Jesus' faith that we are redeemed. It's the faith of Jesus why our sins are forgiven. It's the faith of Jesus why we are redeemed. You understand? It's not ours. We just have to believe in him on what he done. Everything else is of Jesus. So that's the correct translation of King James. It's the faith of Jesus. Let me prove this because the Living Bible says this, Yet, which, which is not a correct translation. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ. And no, wrong translation. The true translation is the faith of Jesus. Everything else, after, we just have to believe in Jesus. Everything else is of Jesus. While we're redeemed, glorified, and everything, we didn't do that in ourselves. This is the faith of Jesus. Okay? Very important. 
that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. The law is no more, and the flesh never could be justified under the law, okay? All right. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin, God forbid. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through the faith of Christ. I'm going I'm 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 to change that in the Living Bible to in Christ, of Christ, because that's the correct way to say it, of Christ. And then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. If you are justified, and the law is no more or postponed. Let me put it that way. Why would you go back and go try to be justified by the law when you know you can't, when the law is no more? You understand what Paul is saying? First he said, we are Jews by birth, not like the Gentiles. The Gentiles are never under the covenant. The Gentiles, which is the nations, were never under the law. See, why would you want to put that burden on them? when they was never under no covenant. This is a whole new different program. I'm paraphrasing now. A whole new different program. See? Okay. But let me get off that. But I wanted to give you, this is a, a introduction. Last week and what's going on, now you know, and at least you should know, these are two different. Later on down the line, it said they, earlier it says they, they, they shook hands and they shook on those things. So Peter, James, and John continued with the Jews, the gospel of the kingdom, Paul went and continue with the other nations, the Gentiles. Now, part where Peter, James, and John, that's where their books come from. First and second Peter, St. John, first and second, third John, and the revelation of John and James. That's why you have to separate it because they went, they shook hands, and they they agreed with Peter and all of them that, okay, we we go go to the Jews and you go to the Gentiles. That's where those books come from. So Peter then went to the Jews. Peter made first and second Peter. James went to the Jews. James made the book of James. John went to the Jews. He he wrote the book of St. John, first and second, third John, and a revelation of John later on in his life. I think he was older then. You see the difference. That's why you can't put Paul's teachings and the four Gospels and Peter, James, and John's teaching and the book of Hebrews, you can't put those together. Hebrews is self-explanatory. What, what's the name of the book? Hebrews. <laughs> so, you know, it tells you who the author. Now, the author is controversial. The author, nobody knows who the author is. Some people think it's Paul. Some people think it's whatever. But it's the book of Hebrews. It's written for Hebrews, okay? I'm going to stop right there. Yes, I have to go a little further with Peter versus Paul because it's so much. But I hope you're getting something out of this, okay? Because I only have five minutes left. Very important to read the Bible in context. It's very important to understand the difference between prophecy and mystery. You probably never heard that term before for the new, new hearers that listen to my show. Prophecy is something that's been foretold. I don't like to use prediction a lot because they sound too, you know, serious. But uh, something that was foretold, God says something's going to happen in the future. That's prophecy. And God is perfect in his prophecy. There's no if so, thinking of closing or ad. This is going to happen in the future. So Israel's program was prophesied. That's why you get so much more at, 
from the whole Bible, the whole 66 Bibles. That's why you get so much more uh, information about Israel. And that's why you can sit up here and talk more about Israel. The majority of the believers and the church read the four Gospels and Old Testament, I believe, more than the books of Paul. That is just true. So that's why they can get the rapture and the second coming of Christ so mixed up. Because if you're not really getting in on understanding the teachings of Paul, you're going to think the rapture and the second coming goes together. And you'll be confused. You believe there's going to be a rapture, but you're putting it with the second coming of Christ as well. And a lot of you is not doing this on purpose. You was traditionally, we were, put myself in there, that was traditionally, traditionally taught that way in our denominational, traditional churches. And some people are still embedded in that and you will never change their way of thinking. You will never change some people's way of thinking. True. That's the power of Satan. That's the good manipulation power of Satan. When you are being deceived and you cannot get out of your traditional denominational way of thinking, especially if you're not searching. When you just continue to ignore the contradictions that you call contradictions in the Bible and just look over it, you can never be helped. You will never know the Bible like God wants you to know the word of God, period. You, you can't. You're going to always mix them together. Even though you see that contradiction and you know certain things is not happening in your life, you know certain signs and wonders are not happening in your life, you still handicap certain ways. How come you're not being healed? Now, I'm not talking about everybody, but I'm just putting this in an example. You know something that's not right and you want to question it and you just you just come to the conclusion that uh, I guess the Bible, just, everything is not meant to be revealed. You hear people saying that. Everything's a secret level or a secret way. You have to find out, God, you're not strong enough to understand this. It's too deep. So you have to grow in and understand it's like that. You know, to understand this part, that's a lie. That's not the Bible. A Bible is plain and simple if you want to search the truth. A lot of things is telling you what it is, and a lot of things in the Bible is telling you what it's not. It's just our traditional spirituality, allegory way of learning and teaching is blocking out the truth, period. But when you find the truth, you, you'll learn how beautiful it is because you say, man, because a lot of things, if you're still trying to follow the law, and most churches know we're not under the law, but they come up with man's traditions that's made in their church, okay? So, therefore, they make their own law on top of some of the law. So, they still find themselves in bondage. I got to do this to stay right with God. I got to get this in, go confess or repent at a church, and blah, 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 blah. That's bondage. That's the bondage Paul was talking about. The law puts you under bondage. The law will keep you under bondage when you don't know how to rightly divide. Okay, I'm going to continue with Peter and Paul. Peter compared to Paul. This is very important for my listeners, okay? This is Joseph Brownlee, body, oh, let me say, body of Christ, real talk. No, this is not. This is connecting the dots, strictly Bible study. That's all you're going to get on here is Bible study. Some short, some long, like this one. <laughs> Joseph Brownlee connecting the dots. Joseph Brown connecting the dots. Salvation is believing what Jesus done. My countdown is starting, not who he was. Love y'all. God bless you. I hope you got something out of this. Stay tuned. I have to prolong it for Peter compared to Paul. I hope you get something out of this. I love y'all. Peace out. God bless you. Bye-bye.